Hello, this is Snigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 1st of February. India recorded nearly 11.5 thousand COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours. The overall COVID tally now stands at over 1.7 crores or 10.7 million. 118 fresh fatalities were reported nationwide and the total COVID death toll stood at the 1,54,000 mark. COVID testing numbers saw a drop as under 8 lakh samples were tested every day last week compared to the usual figure of nearly 10 lakh tests a day. Meanwhile, just a little over 5 lakh samples were tested in the country in the last 24 hours. Under the nationwide inoculation drive that began on 16th of January, more than 37 lakh people have been vaccinated so far. Union Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman today announced an allocation of 35,000 crore rupees for the development of COVID-19 vaccines while tabling the union budget 2021-2022 in the parliament. She added that two or more vaccines for COVID-19 will also be developed in India. Farmers from multiple states have been protesting against the centre's farm laws at the borders of Delhi for over two months now. Samyukt Kisan Morcha, or the umbrella body of 40 farmer unions, has alleged that more than 100 people who were part of their protests have been missing since the violence at the Republic Day tractor rally. According to an Indian Express report, Samyukt Kisan Morcha said yesterday that it has set up a six-member committee to look into the matter. The Morcha spokesperson, Dr. Darshan Pal, said, and I quote, More than 100 persons are missing since January 26. We are compiling information on such persons so that we can take up the matter with the authorities. Unquote. Following the events of January 26, the Delhi police had indicated that more than 200 people have been detained. The Ministry of Home Affairs today extended the ban on the internet services at Singhu, Ghazipur and Tikri border till Tuesday. The ban will remain in place till 11pm tomorrow. Authorities had first blocked mobile internet services at three protest sites on 30th of January. Meanwhile, Indian Express reported today that the train Punjab Mail carrying 1,000 farmers from Punjab skipped New Delhi station today. Railway officials told the newspaper that the Mumbai-bound train was diverted to Rivari due to quote-unquote operational constraints. Usually, the Punjab Mail, one of the oldest trains in the country, halts at Delhi for 20 minutes. Starting from Ferozpur in Punjab, the train enters Delhi from Rotak. Social media platforms were abuzz with questions this morning, speculating that the train was diverted to inhibit the farmers from reaching the protest sites at Delhi. The Delhi police, meanwhile, have also sent fresh notices to over 50 people, including farmer leaders, in connection with the 26th of January violence. The police had earlier issued notices to 44 people. The Delhi police said that some of the tractors involved in the violence in Delhi had been identified and notices were being sent to the vehicle owners. News agency PTI quoted an unidentified police officer saying that the process of issuing notices was taking time as many of those involved were not residents of Delhi. Mint reported that teams of Delhi police are carrying out the investigation at several locations outside the national capital, including Punjab and Haryana, to identify people involved in the violence. The police had on Friday appealed to the public to share any evidence or information known to them about the violence. Meanwhile, following the recent violence at Singhu, farmer unions at the Ghazipur border on the Uttar Pradesh side have ramped up security measures to ensure quote-unquote anti-social elements do not enter the protest. Farmers have set up checking booths at entry and exit points, communication through walkie-talkie and ID checks of people coming to the protest. Talking about the violence that took place at Singhu, police security at the border was beefed up after Republic Day. 
increased deployment of personnel, multiple rows of barricading, dug up roads and cut off timings for local residents to cross the barricades, these were some of the amped up security measures. It is then worth contemplating how a crowd of nearly 200 people claiming to be local residents entered the Singhu protest site and caused violence. The protesting farmers at Singhu asked similar questions when my colleague Nidhi spoke to them in her latest report titled, Singhu Attack. Farmers ask why the police stood back. I urge you to head over to newslaundry.com after listening to this podcast and read her complete report. And while you're there, you'll also find News Laundry's consistent coverage of the farmers' agitation from the day it began. It can be found under the farmers' protest section of our website. Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman presented the Union Budget 2021-2022 in the Parliament today. This was her third budget speech since taking charge as the Union Finance Minister. Sitaraman announced important changes in the taxation process under which senior citizens with only pension and interest income would be exempted from filing income tax returns. Among other taxation-related measures, NRIs or non-resident Indians will be spared from double taxation. Besides, startups will get an extension in their tax holiday for an additional year. The income tax slabs, meanwhile, remained unchanged. The finance minister said that the fiscal deficit has been pegged at 9.5% of the GDP. She added that the government is estimating a fiscal deficit of 6.8% of GDP for 2021 and 2022. Sitaraman set up a 1.75 lakh crore target for disinvestment receipts of public sector undertakings for the fiscal year beginning on 1 April 2021. Two public sector banks and one general insurance company are to be disinvested in the next financial year. An infusion of 20,000 crore rupees was announced for the public sector banks. In a digital push amid the pandemic, the finance minister earmarked 1,500 crore rupees for promoting digital mode of payment. In the health sector, the Atmanirbhar Health Yojana was announced with an outlay of over 64,000 crore rupees. The finance minister said that the thrust of the scheme will be the development of India's fragile healthcare infrastructure, which has been further overburdened due to the pandemic. She added that the resources will also be used for setting up institutes for the detection and cure of new and emerging diseases. In a bid to formalise the unorganised labour force, the minister announced that social security benefits will be extended to gig and platform workers. She added that minimum wages will apply to all categories of workers. She also proposed to launch a portal to collect relevant information on gig workers, building or construction workers among others, saying that it will help formulate health, housing, skill, insurance, credit and food schemes for migrant workers. In the farm sector, Sitaraman proposed to increase agricultural credit schemes to 16.5 lakh crore rupees. In state-specific announcements, Sitaraman announced new road infrastructure projects in pole-bound states of Tamil Nadu, West Bengal, Kerala and Assam. A new gas pipeline project was announced for Jammu and Kashmir. Besides, an allocation of 300 crore rupees was announced to the state of Goa for celebrating the 60th anniversary of liberation from Portuguese rule. She also introduced a vehicle scrapping policy, recapitalization of public sector banks and a push for the textile industry. Most of her budget speech focused on the centre's Atmanirbhar Bharat vision to make India self-reliant. A Delhi court yesterday remanded freelance journalist Mandeep Punya to 14 days judicial custody. Punya, who also writes for the Caravan magazine, had been picked up at the Singhu border protest site on Saturday evening. According to an Indian Express report, Punya's lawyer Akram Khan said that his application for bail would be heard on Monday. The police had accused Punya of obstructing them in discharging their duties and beating police personnel. 
The police's version of the journalist's arrest, however, differs from what eyewitnesses told News Laundry. They said that a local resident wanting to cross the barricades got into an argument with the police and Mandeep began filming it. He was then caught and dragged away by the police. The bail application filed by Punia's lawyer said that no information was given to his family members until late Saturday night regarding his detention or possible arrest. The plea added that it was only after a fellow journalist reached the police station to file a missing persons complaint that some indication was given about Punia's detention. The application also stated that the accused was merely carrying out his journalistic duties and another journalist was detained along with him but was released around midnight on Saturday. Meanwhile, in an unexpected move, Twitter today withheld the account of Caravan magazine in India. The notification on the platform said that this was done in response to a legal demand. In addition, the Twitter accounts of CEO of Prasar Bharti, the accounts of activist Muhammad Asif Khan and Hansraj Meena, Marxist leader Muhammad Saleem and farmer union Kisan Ekta Morcha were also withheld. News agency ANI, while citing sources, reported that the accounts were withheld based on the request of the Ministry of Home Affairs and law enforcement agencies to prevent any escalation of law and order situation during the farmers' agitation. Vinod Jose, executive editor of the Caravan magazine, said that Twitter did not notify them about the move beforehand. He added, and I quote, We have no idea about why this has happened. We have no public or private information. We are waiting to know why they have withheld the account. Unquote. News Laundry contacted Twitter India for a comment on the freezing of these accounts. In response, a Twitter spokesperson said, and I quote, Many countries have laws that may apply to tweets or Twitter account content. In our continuing effort to make our services available to people everywhere, if we receive a properly scoped request from an authorized entity, it may be necessary to withhold access to certain content in a particular country from time to time. Transparency is vital to protecting freedom of expression, so we had a notice policy for withheld content. Upon receipt of request to withhold content, we will promptly notify the affected account holders. Unquote. It is important to note that hours before he was detained, journalist Mandi Punia had gone live on Facebook alleging that the police had allowed men claiming to be locals to pelt the protesters at the Singu border with stones on Friday. Dear listeners, the multiple FIRs filed against journalists after the Republic Day rally, the detaining of caravan contributor and freelance journalist Mandeep Punya, and the sudden withholding of the magazine's Twitter account are new additions to the incidents of trespassers against press freedom, which are only growing in number in the country. I'd like to remind you that India's current ranking in the World Press Freedom Index fell by two points last year, and it now stands at 142 out of 180 countries. According to the recently published Global Impunity Index by the CPJ, 36 journalists have been killed in our country since 1992 and only two cases have actually seen convictions. The double standards of the government when it comes to issues of press freedom are clearer than ever before. News Laundry has been consistently covering incidents of trespasses against the press freedom of journalists. I urge you to head to the media section of newslaundry.com after listening to this podcast. There you will find multiple reports of how journalists have been intimidated, arrested and even assaulted in the recent years just for doing their job. So I urge you to help us tell these stories that matter because we are 100% free of advertisements and we do not take any funding from government or corporates. So while you're on newslaundry.com, please do hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. Pay to keep news free. And now for some international updates. In Myanmar, the military has taken over after detaining civilian leader Aung San Suu Kyi and other members of her governing party. 
In the early hours of this morning, the army's TV station said that power had been handed over to the military commander-in-chief. Suchi and other leaders of her National League for Democracy were arrested. A one-year state of emergency has been declared in the South Asian nation. The coup comes after Suchi's party secured a landslide win in the recently held elections. The army, however, has claimed that the election was marred by fraud. Suchi has urged her protesters to not accept this and to protest against the coup. In a letter written in preparation for her impending detention, she said that the military's action put the country's back under dictatorship. Soldiers blocked roads in the country's capital and the main city, Yangon. The state broadcaster too went off air. Data and communication services have been disrupted and banks said that they had been forced to close. And now for a brief update on global COVID-19 figures. The coronavirus has infected over 103 million people so far, out of which more than 2.2 million have died. However, the number of people who have recovered from the virus has surged to 57 million. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.